All right. So we had somebody reach out to me that was asking us about the specifically the Norwegian black metal scene that you made an allusion to a couple episodes yes, ago. Yes, that's what we've been begging for is people <laughs> giving yes. us some feedback. Okay, so it's it's apparently like I guess in Norway, you know, back then it's probably the still the same way now, but there's like society's just great like there's no like woe is me everybody's mm-hmm. just kind of good to go so yeah. i mean i guess a fair amount of like you know socialist network set up and then like i guess standard of living's nice so all these like teens had to do was listen to metal hang out in record shops and just burn down churches so that was kind of the scene was like right. it, it was this escalation thing too we're like oh did you hear so and so's crew like they burned down the old like you know, St. Peter's church or whatever that, you know, like, no shit, we can't let them get away with that. We got to burn down two tonight. (laughs) You know, this is escalate. Well, we're going to burn down one and knife somebody. (laughs) I love that. It's not like, we can't let them get away from that. We need to get away with that. We need to stop them. It's like, no, we need to burn down two. We need to up it. (laughs) (laughs) I like how it's it's kind of the opposite of what was, what's going on in the uh, Christian evangelical movement. That was like eighties, nineties, right? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Christian evangelical movement where they were going to churches and burning secular CDs. It's a, like pre-retaliation. I don't know. I don't remember the time. Yeah, it was like just the opposite instead of hanging Pre-taliation. out. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, hey, hopefully that answers your question. If not, uh, where can they find out more information? Uh, just the internet. Just Google like black metal or Norwegian black metal and you'll probably get a whole like 10 pages of material of just like the scene you know because it's it's pretty infamous yeah to um yeah and if nothing else you might pick up a uh probably not a love for black metal maybe maybe but you'll at least get you know you'll get some pretty interesting culture there a little uh, um acknowledgement appreciation a little uh (laughs) distant uh, understanding yeah um and uh all right, so welcome to Beer and Bible. Uh, not nearly as metal, and uh, we've not burned down any churches, and no plans not to yet. Do that. Not no, no oh. current plans. Okay. Um. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> there's this moment of, of like, should we? Should we not? No, 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 no don't, don't burn down churches. Um. Anyways, this is Beer and Bible. I am Neil, and I am our Encyclopedia Biblitanica. Yeah. I do a lot of the research and look into all that kind of stuff. Um. And I. That that's my job, and then this is I'm Chris. I'm the uh, resident super high functioning alcoholic and official Bible reader on the on the show here. All right, so we're gonna get into this. We have been in Shit, the book of oh, oh it's it over is. there. Found it, found it. All right, uh, well he finds his Bible. Uh, we he's got like twenty stolen, I mean, uh, uh, borrowed Bibles laying around here. I gotta find the one that I wrote in. You know. It, it, you show up to a church, you're scoping out the place, you decide not to burn it down, you grab a Bible, you walk out. You, could you do imagine, that a couple times. Could you imagine somebody kicking you out of church for stealing a Bible? I'd, I feel like the church would have to be burned down at that point. I don't know. I mean, they I should think, be trying to give you Bibles and get you to come back. Right? I, there, I, I know one particular church that comes door to door and gives me their like a copy of their Bible. It's only like half the Bible, though. Uh, well, it's the it's the uh, extra parts that we don't the get extra part. It's like they get they get part th- <laughs> they get part three, and we've just got part one and two. But anyways, uh, <laughs> if you don't know who we're talking about, just Google Latter Day Saints after you learned out Google uh, burning down churches and see what your search history ends up looking like. Oh wow! After yeah. a while, uh, you're gonna get some weird ads. Saying you know, it's like this whole relapse or Waco thing going on. 
anyways, so yes, I have a bunch of Bibles. Um, who knows where they came from, but they happen to be here. <laughs> and uh, even the Lord's word, there were no churches harmed in the in the making, in the making of, of this of, podcast. <laughs> and uh, so we are in the Book of Matthew, and we're particularly moving into the section chapter five. So Matthew has given us his introduction and listen to the previous podcast. And then we get to chapter five, and chapter five is the Sermon on the Mount. You might not have heard of this, but I guarantee you've heard a lot of the phrases. Um, it's the, the it's your classic, you know, church jargon. Yeah. Um, so uh, one of them is going to be the uh, the cut out your eyes if you've committed adultery, and that's a really terrible paraphrase. Um, and it would be, would it be fair to say that this is not like this is the law cut and dry. This is more of like an opinion piece by Jesus, or is this kind of like? Because isn't be. he kind of saying like this is what you should do? But yeah. If you do recognize Jesus, then it would pretty much be law. Like so, it, it, yeah. We we kind of hit this weird section. We've talked about what where the introduction and the previous podcast are leading into. Yeah. Um. And there's also a question about how what did Matthew? What was Matthew writing? If he was writing to the Jewish people, they already have a sense of what the law is. Yeah. And uh, what their opinion is, and that that's the uh, the Tanakh that comes in the Tanakh. That's the first five books of the Bible. Uh, it's all the Leviticus stuff of where it says don't eat pork and don't eat shellfish. It, it includes and, the fancy tin that everybody you know, right. has a poster or not has a poster of, but like the so yeah, Ten Commandments. So in that case, if it's towards the Jew, Jewish audience, we could be saying uh, this is Jesus' take on it, right? And his uh, interpretation or his continuation, or as you said, his opinion. Um, other people, some Christians see him, uh, like some, not all Christians, but some Christians would, would say that he's replacing it all, mm. where he is saying this is what's expected. And uh, what, you, what we'll see is a lot of these um, become beyond, go beyond uh, just don't do these things, but don't think these things. And at that level of righteousness and that requirement, you know you're going to fail. And one of the, one of the standard ideas of Christian thought is that Jesus— um, uh, because nobody else could live this way, Jesus was able to live this way, this perfect, sinless life. Yeah. And uh, in order to receive this righteousness, he died on a cross, <laughs> and then magically, we all have that righteousness. Magic. We, yeah, we magically, um, when God looks at us, he looks at Jesus, and in that, and so where does this come back to our conversation about all the things that Jesus expects? Some people say this is a, a way of knowing. Um, that you can't get to God through your righteousness, that you suck so bad that you need Jesus. And so this is these are examples of showing you how bad you are. Because you might think to yourself, I haven't murdered anybody. And then Jesus will say, but have you done this kind of thing? Yeah. And that's what actually we're going to be getting into tonight. Uh, so we, we have been going through the uh, introduction. So just to quickly recap, um, Jesus goes up on a hill, uh, sits down, and he begins to teach. This is the first of five sections that Matthew will have teaching. Generally, Matthew does kind of like, Jesus does stuff, Jesus teaches, Jesus does stuff, then he teaches, and it goes back and forth. And these are segments. Now, are these actual periods of time? I don't know. They might just be Matthew just compiling all of them together. I would dare say, based on uh, comparing with the other Gospels, it looks more like Matthew compiles them together uh, in an organized way yeah. that he wanted to do, uh, to do that way. So we are in a very specific straightaway teaching section, these three chapters. So he gets up, and he uh, opens up with the Beatitudes, and we've talked about this before, where he says something like, blessed are, like happy are, is another way of interpreting this, mm -hmm. happy are, and then he says something negative, and then he says like something positive, like blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will inherit the, or like blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Well, 
how are they going to overcome these things? And right. he, they'll say one thing and then come back around and say another thing. Um, and then he will say, uh, then he, after that, he moved into salt and light. And he's saying, you, these listeners, these disciples, if you also believe that the uh, book of Matthew isn't necessarily to a Jewish audience, but as a discipleship handbook for early Christianity, kind of the, here's the how-to of Christians, um, then he would say, here's what you're supposed to do, to be. And he talked about salt and light. And then he moved into the section where he says, uh, do not think that I've come to abolish the law. Now, we can spin that two ways. We can spin that as, you kind of hinted at before, his opinions, like this is my take on the law, yeah. that it still stands, it's not going to go away. Or you can take it as um, he is uh, completing it, finishing it, fulfilling it, and now there's a new section. We can also look at it that way as well, and that the other things are done away with. And Check out our la- last podcast. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I... I have my opinion right. on it. I think it might be in that last podcast, but uh, I have that take on it. So now that he has he he introduced everything, he's finally ready. He's like laid the groundwork, let everybody know, okay, I'm ready to, to let you know what I think, what, what my take is on everything. Yeah. So then Jesus is moving into this, and uh, let's go ahead and, and start into it. Let's get in there. We're, we're picking up in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. All right. <clears throat> put it in front of the mic so I'm not looking at the floor. You have, heard, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. It's kind of a okay. no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't so kill anyone. When they say the ancient ones, it was said long ago. Think of my son. Don't tell him to do something. Why? Don't kill anyone. Why? Motherfucker, because I said so. Yeah, well, there, there's that, but then... You know, are you going to get caught? What's going to happen? Yeah. What's actually going to happen here? Um, the ancient ones, some people think, who's the ancient? The people you're told was that was probably the first people who got the Torah, maybe. Oh. Like the, the very first Jewish people that came out of Egypt um, with Charlton Heston <laughs> or Val Kilmer. Um, but they came out of there and they, they did that. And then uh, murder. Like, what's interesting about murder is that, uh, and, and why is that... S- I know, like, I'm, I'm about to downplay it by saying, well, you know what makes murder worse than everything else? Uh, murder makes yeah, murder just worse. just the fact that, like, you snuffed out another life. <laughs> um, no, in the Old Testament, there's a lot of ways where you screw up. You can kind of atone for it. Yeah. You can, like, oh, shoot, I, I stole something from you, and I realize it, so I'm going to pay you back and give you one-fifth. Or, yeah. I stole something from you, Chris, and you found out I'm, I'm in trouble, so I'm going to pay five times as much. Is there a way to, like, law your way out of murder? Not really. Oh, so you're just fucked. Yeah, and that, they said that they. I think it actually says uh, in there. It says specifically, there is no restitution for that. Like, if you premeditatedly go out of your way kill somebody, you can't. There, there's no money thing. It's not like, um, it's not like we could do a whole thing on this subject. Like, we shouldn't. I, just, I was gonna say like, I remember one. T- I was I was sitting in the. I'm gonna say this for. He was like, about to incriminate himself. No, he killed that one guy. No, no I didn't. I I, uh, I I may have gotten a traffic ticket. It's <laughs> it, who knows. Um, so I was sitting there in the court, like waiting to get up there so I could say I'll take driver improvement class. Um, that was my plan. So I go. I'm standing there, and there are a bunch of other people in front of me, and uh, people are there. I think there was a high school there, like a high school class was sitting in there. It was. Huh. Anyways, that's weird. They're all watching everything in public court. It was. I felt so bad for them because this is super boring to hear them go. Yeah, I was going ten over. I'll take. I'll pay the fine. Anyways, this there's like, all of us are. I'm a little. I think a collar shirt on. Okay, I can dress up a little bit for court. But a lot of people are in sweatpants and jeans and all that. And we're really? going through. Yeah, and then but there's one one guy um, 
probably early 20s. And he's he's got his blazer on, his khakis and everything else. And he's there with a lawyer. You don't see very often. Yeah, yeah. Not in like small court. Small court. And uh, he gets up there and it's pretty quick back and forth. Um, but I definitely hear about the drug charges that come in and oh. and uh, intent to distribute. And oh, wow. Uh, I definitely get this moment of it gets it gets like quick back and forth between them and the judge. And then suddenly it turns into 70 hours of community service. Uh, and that's it. And I'm like, oh, huh. that's yeah, there's a benefit to paying a lawyer when you uh, <laughs> when you're from up north, I guess. But, I guess so. Uh, so you can't you, you can't lawyer your way out of murder. Like there's yeah. you, you can't be like ah oh, well he's the priest's son or he's the like whatever he's got so much he's money. He's the king. It's okay that he sent that guy to his death. <laughs> David. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just, when he said that, I'm like oh gosh, but uh, hate that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Man, now I got some questions about that. But anyway, I'll have to look into that. Like, what do rabbis say about that? But yeah, murder—you're not supposed to get away with it, right? Um, and then it says the uh, the idea commits. There was a teaching that this is pretty messed up. I, I'd have to look into it a little bit further. But you could actually hire a gentile to murder, and it, it you'd still it be guilty. Wouldn't count, but it wouldn't be as bad. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, like, gotcha. Oh, you didn't actually pull the trigger. You just paid. Okay, okay. Well, you know. They had their own agency, and they they're could, like, "Shit, they could have told you." Don't have this guy cut. Well, I mean, like, they could have told you no, but they took your money. Found the Jew pole. Yeah. So there's that. Um, the uh, yeah, judgment could just be equal to court, um, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of interesting that, that it's actually what makes this kind of different in the rest of it is that he's actually going back to the Torah and not specifically what the Pharisees say. So yeah, as you said earlier, this could be a, a comparison between. Uh, Jesus' opinion on the Torah, mm-hmm. on the on the law, and maybe what that means is it's Jesus giving his opinions in comparison to what other people said. But this is the the one stance where what he's quoting really is from the Torah. This is from God. Gotcha. So in the future, it'll be other people's interpretation. This is particularly him in a way comparing c- comparing comparing. I'll, like I'll take it. Comparing objections st- the Bible. <laughs> straight to like the, what's in the Torah to his own teaching, which is where people can pull the idea that maybe Jesus is trying to supersede or complete or finish or, or go beyond the law. Gotcha. Yeah. So now we're moving on to verse 22. 22. But I tell you, so we've, Jesus said murder is bad. Yeah. All right. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. Okay, there's a lot there. So, question one, or he say, or so it sounds like first he's saying that like, yeah, murder's bad, but yeah, I, I tell you that just talking shit is just as bad. Yeah, like you deserve the same punishment, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But also, what is raka? Rack raka. It's R A C A. Do you wait? Hold on. There's a little thing down here. Yeah, what does it say? What do you See, got? an Aramaic term of contempt. Yep. Just like, uh, you moron, you idiot. Oh. You dumb. fuck boy. Yeah. So you just keep going further, calling someone stupid. Um, some people have said, like, is this about anger? Like, to become angry? Like, oh, don't yeah. don't murder and anger are about the same. Well, uh, maybe everything in... Uh, so like, he's taking it next level. He's yeah. not, I'm not talking about just murder. I'm talking about if you even, like, have any bad shit in your heart. Yeah, you but, deserve the same judgment. But at the same time, Jesus kind of flips his 
tables later on. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. And, and he uh, he throws what I call the temple tantrum. The t- <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> I like it there. <laughs> uh, later on in the uh, in the story, Jesus goes into a temp into the temple and he starts throw. He gets angry and he flips over tables. And I think in the Gospel of John, he actually makes a whip. I don't know much ta- like which is pretty premeditated. Like oh, he's yeah. got to go get a couple strands, starts like weaving them together, and everyone's like, "Jesus, is a little like mad." He's like kind of breathing heavy, kind of fuming, and it's then like he it's just about starts, to go down. Yeah, yeah. wear these ass out. So is it anger? Uh, maybe it's specifically in that situation. Uh, maybe it's just this idea of inspiring us to uh, to reconcile between one another. Um, there is, and uh, when it says brother, also this is gender neutral. Uh, brother could mean like. Basically siblings, anyone. siblings, yeah. uh, and there's a question about whether that means um, within the community. Yeah, I, it tends to it tends to create this idea of not angry with somebody without the community. It means like somebody that you are dealing with on a regular basis. Gotcha. Someone that's kind of what I drew from is like anybody that like in your community or you're mm-hmm. like in your surrounding that you know. Exactly. Yeah. If it's somebody in traffic and ah, you fucker. That's okay. Yeah, that's that's completely. That's fine. But if I tell Neil, I'm like, you asshole. I had to learn about that in driver improvement class. Really? I got through that court. I had to learn about <laughs> road rage. About road rage. It was, it was, so this is something else. It, I don't know if this is coming up because I sometimes jump ahead of you in my um, mild to no, light drunken it. stupor. How come he says, um, so, but I tell you, blah, 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 we'll be subject to judgment of anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin, but anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. So why is like Raka, it's like, oh, the Sanhedrin. But then if you say, you fool, you're you're going to hell. Like, I don't understand why he puts a weight on one that's different than the other. I, I think it might be an elevate, like you're escalating it, yeah. going further. Gotcha. Um, there's a question about whether or not they're uh, speaking to It's like, somebody. oh, you're dumb. Or it'd be like, I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah, and there's another question about whether or not I'm saying it to you. You're stupid versus saying it about you as well. So maybe that's like the driver passing like, a driver versus like saying, I'm going to kick your, or I'm yeah. going to, I hope nothing but bad things on you and your family. Well, okay. So it's one thing to have a coworker and tell them straight up, you're being a moron in this situation. Oh God. And I've it's another, so many times. It's another I've thing. I've deserved that so many times too. <laughs> to have somebody say it to me. Yeah. But it's another thing for everyone that you're working with or you, you talking to somebody else that you're working with and saying, yeah, that guy's an idiot. And for you guys to keep having that conversation, because part of it, it starts separating, cre- creates a problem in the community. Oh, gotcha. Because it causes a separation. But that's that's yeah. a um, speculation. Again, I feel like a lot of interpretation is just speculation. Oh, yeah. It's but a lot of thanks for piece. coming along with us <laughs> for the ride and, and some of the uh, looking into this. Um, there is something in, in uh, Hebrew called Lashon Hara, Ooh. which is... I'm not even going to attempt that. Yeah, that, it's, it means evil speech. So you don't want to do that. Um, some people have said like that's what it is, and it's equal to that, and, and that... You are hurting people, and there's a lot of so talking. you fools just kind of fill in the blank. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, and then um, there's also some people who think that a lot of what these sayings are that we're going to be going into is uh, once you start down the road of anger, you are leading to, to murder. That Cain was first angry with his brother, or angry at God, and angry at the situation before he moved into murdering somebody. It all starts with a thought and a feeling, and then goes to like an intent, and then goes to a knife in somebody's yeah neck or eyeball. Exactly. Exactly. Um, there's uh, here's some some fun. I, I always liked bringing in some Jewish writings just so that we know that um, that we're not just full of shit. Well, it, it's more that yeah, that and, <laughs> and that uh, understanding that in the Middle Eastern tradition and the in the culture that Jesus is speaking into, um, these are familiar ideas and concepts. 
and I think we can pull more from them. We understand that. So uh, one, uh, this is Rabbi Nachman ben Isaac. He who publicly shames his neighbor is as though he shed blood. Uh, Matthew fifty-eight b. Huh. Um, oh, raka, uh, the Aramaic uh, loan word may mean empty-headed. Uh, this is, um, and again, oh, what I mentioned earlier was uh, the whole thing of progression, that fool, you fool, you, gotcha, you, gotcha. you're an empty, it's one thing to be, you know, he's kind of light in the, light in the head, but then he's a complete fool or moron. And also fool can, uh, ha- has a little bit more weight in the Hebrew, uh, in the Hebrew because they talk so about that who, escalation. Yeah. They, they talk about in the old Hebrew wisdom literature and, and the book of Proverbs, <laughs> there's a lot of talk about seeking out wisdom and seeking out folly or foolishness. So it's one thing to say um, that, you know, if you give, give that guy uh, two, if you give him directions, you give him two steps, that's three too many. <laughs> and then there's another thing to say, this guy is intentionally making bad decisions and really stupid and yeah. saying in that so direction. Breaking your uh, yeah. train of thought again, the Sanhedrin. Yeah. Uh, Just San- the governing body at that point. Um, at that point, you so you have... Uh, Sorry, I'm like having that moment of quickly. How do I break down the? I know, like you're structure? in this complete train of thought, and then I'm like, "What about the?" Oh no, no I, and thank you for asking because that that uh, helps me go back to that. So we've said before, Roman uh, Rome ac- occupies Israel. They have uh, a procurator, but pro like the, the guy that's in charge of like it, a figurehead, a figurehead. Well, not the we have the actual governing person, uh-huh. and that is the person that's supposed to make sure no uh, no uprisings. And make sure the taxes are paid for. Gotcha. As far as the local laws and everything, they leave that to everybody else. So then they also put a guy named Herod in place. We talked about him before. Yes. Um, and the Herod, are they are the governors that basically say, look, Rome, you don't know the Jewish people. We do. Here's the laws that are going to keep them happy and keep they're them like hanging. like the go-between. Yeah, like we'll keep the, the, them paying taxes. The, they're essentially puppet kings, but they do have the function of, like, of keeping that going. Gotcha. And then, uh, but... Um, their power is really just given to them by the Roman government. You've got the other guy keeping track of it. Right. And then the Sanhedrin was the Jewish local go- governing body of 70 elders. Mm. And they're the people that are the real go-between between the people and the, the uh, procurator. Procurator, is that the right word? Anyways, the, like, you guys have a better term for what we're trying to explain I'm trying here. To, yeah. Hit us with it. But right I, now I, it's in my procurator. head. <laughs> That could be way off, but uh, in my head, I'm remembering, okay, you got the Roman guy, you've got the local, you got the Roman leader that's supposed yeah. to make sure the taxes get paid to Caesar, you've got the local leader that's supposed to keep everything rolling and, like, knows the people, Yeah. and between those two, they have the Sanhedrin that are actually, for the for Israel specifically, not for every region, but for, for Israel, the Sanhedrin acts as kind of a governing body. So it'd be kind of like, um, like, real quick, like, governor, mayor, and the judges around. Yeah. Gotcha. And then the judges are the ones who, like I said, in in Israel are, are acting that way. Um, they generally had uh, they had a mix of people that were Sadducees and Pharisees and all of those people. They're yeah. all kind of mixed together. Is that something we've touched on here and there? Yeah. already. But the uh, um, damn it, I just lost the new term. The Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin is kind yeah. of a new term that's popped up. Yeah. So the uh, so what Jesus is saying is, if you get in trouble, you're going to go to the Supreme Court, like the like not just a local synagogue that's going to be handling the you get into the supreme court and that's bad so calling your your brother a rocker Rocka. you feel like that's that's guilty of going to the supreme court but calling yourself uh, calling them a fool 
is guilty of You're going, going to hell. hell. Exactly. In Gehenna, this, this, the word Gehenna, it's actually referring to an area. It was on the Temple Mount uh, or on one of the sides of the Temple Mount where it was a bunch of trash and everything else. And like they kept it burning all the time. Oh, so, so was, he was. So that was actually the term used and not like hell, the fires of hell. Yeah. Was, you're going to Gehenna. Gehenna. And like, and gotcha. you knew what that looked like. It was this continuous burning fire. And what version are we reading? Uh, you're the NIV. The NIV. New International Everything's version. Everything's hell. Hell, hell, hell. Hell, hell, um, hell. So, yeah, the, the uh, Gehenna, it actually became the trash dump on the south side of the temple uh, after Babylon, so after they came back from being kept. That's funny. How many times, like, recurring in the Bible? Because I, I think back, again, tangent to, like, my church where it's, like, all hellfire and brimstone growing up, and it's, like, how many times were they actually talking about the dump? We're going to send your ass to the dump. Yeah. And it's always on fire. Not this hell place that your preacher wants you to go to if you don't come to church next Sunday and yeah. give your money. Yeah. And <laughs> You're going to the dump. There's no demons or anything there, but it stinks really bad, and you might get burnt. Both of those are terrible. You might just die of smoke inhalation and toxic. It's feed. a bad situation. Yeah. So, uh, And we, we actually think that in rabbinic literature, there's actually enough uh, ideas that they were already using Gehenna as a, kind of a substitute for hell. Yeah. So that still works. It still works as you're going to hell. Damn it, Neil! You just blew my whole thing out. Of the sorry, way. <laughs> sorry, but it, but it, I I think you're more you're correct with the idea of um, the reason they were using Gehenna is because it gave you the more palpable, it, it, and it gave you an image like a very clear image of the side of the Temple Mount that was being burned all the time, filled with blood because they would like wash out the. Oh, I bet that would look kind of hellish, like rib cages hung up out, sticking up out of the dirt and like yeah. fire, animal rib cages. An elephant graveyard. You must never go there. Um, on the basis of uh, Exodus 21, there's this use of Elohim, which is uh, one of the terms for God, um, referred to refer to as earthly judges. So since they think they speak uh, as the authority of God themselves. So uh, Elohim, name for God, but sometimes in Exodus 21 specifically, Elohim is referred to as uh, human beings that were judges that were um, see, overseeing cases in Israel. Yeah. And so why in the world would you use the name of God for these people is because in the way they were acting as beha- on behalf of God. So there might be a little bit of a overlap by saying the Sanhedrin and then the fires of hell as well. Uh, you have an earthly court and then an, a heavenly court to answer to as well. Um, and uh, some people have also said that calling someone a fool might make them angry and cause them to violence. That's another way of taking it is like, yeah. is that it's uh, you've heard it said, don't murder. And if you go out and tell somebody that they're a moron and you, like, pick on them and you just keep, like, poking the bear and you keep making fun of that one quiet kid in the back of class in high school and you just keep making fun of them and keep bullying them and then one day. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that's, a, that's another interpretation is, like, you've heard it said don't murder, but I'm telling you don't drive somebody to that place. So that's yet another interpretation of this, this thing. So, um, yeah. And then... Uh, some people say, like, the anger thing is just a matter of God can judge your heart and nobody else can, so that's why you get to throw a Gehenna. Gotcha. So. The dump. The dump. Fire dump. All right, let's continue on 23 and 24. Uh, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, remember, and there, remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. And they were good at translating hell, but they could use some more fucking commas in this thing. <laughs> uh, bad news for you. Greek has no punctuation. Well, that explains it. Yeah. 
Uh, so this is um, this gift that's being offered at the altar is not obligatory. It's not like you send and you have to get all, uh, offer it. There are something that are called like fellowship offerings or Thanksgiving offerings, and those sort of things. You would take a lamb or something, and you go up to the temple. And uh, I want you to imagine for a second these grill masters. Yeah, yeah. So, ripped, and they've got like freaking huge axes, knives all over them. Look yes. like some like old world Punisher with just a huge axe and probably an eye patch. Probably all that. Actually, no eye patch because they had any blemish. I don't. Think, I can't remember if they can serve. If they've got a missing eye. Mm. Anyways, so you you would take your lamb, your goat, or whatever you're going to sacrifice. You take it up to God, and you and you would take it up to the temple. But you would also grab your friends, and be like, "Hey, family, we're going to go over to the temple. We're going to do a fellowship offering. So part of the animal goes to God, part of it goes to the priest, and then the rest of it is like you and your seven or eight buddies get to eat this lamb feast, like preseason lamb. And so you eat that, <laughs> and you like. It's good, and and you're worshiping God through eating, which is, I think that would be a cool way of, of being like, okay, instead of church, I'm just going to go out for brunch. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of a, a way that they would do this. So this is kind of like a voluntary offering. So they're wanting to do this in fellowship, and then they realize, oh, shoot, there's like a, a um, they need to get some stuff corrected and everything. And uh, they realize that, that there's something between them and a brother, and they need to go correct it. Uh, and that's this idea of, okay, if you want to go fellowship with God, but you can't like fellowship with your people, when I say fellowship, like get along with, hang out with, but you can't get around, like you got a problem with a buddy of yours. Yeah. You need to sort that out first. Um, really cool. Uh, there's a a story where it talks about, um, this is in, in, uh, this Jewish writing about Passover, the festival of Passover and the festival of Passover, you have to remove all the leaven. It represents sin, quote unquote, the bad stuff you do. So you want to remove that from your house. You want to get everything ready. So the story, it's in Pesachim 3.7. I'm going to try and butcher it real quick. Um, <laughs> is essentially that if you are sitting there and you are about to start on the, the Passover dinner, like the, the thing's about to start, or it even says if you're about to circum during the time of Passover when you have to get rid of all this leaven, the, the dinner's about to start, and then you remember you left some leaven in your house. And then it goes a little bit further and it says if you realize – you're about to like your son's about to be circumcised and you realize there's some leaven in your house. Then you need to go back and check that out. And it says, even if you are at, you're about to like get uh, betrothed, you're about to do this engagement party, stop what you're doing and go make sure the leaven is cleared out of your house. Get that shit out. Yeah. And now, and so what you see is this, this precedent of making sure that whatever you're doing is settled before you go into a religious action. Gotcha. Uh, kind of thing. Like settle your, settle your stuff with other people and with God and everything else before you do that. Um, and then this was kind of cool. Uh, this uh, uh, quick phrase that somebody said about this was, our relationship with God is gauged by our, our human relationships than by a, a religious ritual. So I think a lot of people could get behind that. Like how, yeah, you, how yeah. you treat people is more important than like your going to church thing. Yeah. Or whatever religious practice you have. Like stop and go talk to somebody if you get something going on. Um, this would be like... I don't know, you, somebody, uh, you borrowed somebody's tools for a while and like, you know, they've got to go to work and you're about, you're sitting in church and you're like, oh, should I take the tools back? Like to help them out so they can go to work or should I sit in church? Leave church. <laughs> like go, go right now, grab the, those tools, you deliver to their house and say, I'm sorry. Yeah. That'd probably be a good way of, of looking that at that. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to wrap this up in 25 to 26. All right. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still with him on the way. Or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, 
and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Okay, this is really weird. And you might think, okay, I don't understand like what, what makes it so weird. So earlier we were talking about the Sanhedrin and Gehenna yeah. and all this stuff. That was very Jewish. Mm-hmm. This is all very Greek. Yeah. There's no debtor's prison. There's no judge. Like, there's no, like, you're, you, uh, in Hebrew mindset, you have to have, at that time, you have to have at least three judges to make a call because they have to have three witnesses. Yeah. So you wouldn't have a single judge. You don't have a debtor's prison. Like, this is, so is that like a translation error or something? I, or is it, I have no idea, man. I have no idea what's going on. Or is with he just trying to, like, spread it so that, like, it's relatable to, like, the Jewish and later on down the line? Like, it, once again, I'm not sure if it's – is it really Jesus saying these things or is it Matthew importing his ideas of trying to say – if Matthew is trying to speak to a Jewish audience and to a Greek audience when this thing's going to be translated to Greek and travel around, yeah, is he just trying to make it clear? I don't know if he's just trying to talk to both groups or also the time of Jesus. Like Jesus is going to be aware of these things. Yeah, They're in a Roman-occupied province. They're going to be aware of the Roman way of doing things. Yeah. So it's not completely out uh, out of the um, mindset. Um, so this is like, but he, one thing that you could say is what this does indicate to us is that the previous section, calling somebody a fool and things like that is re- referring to someone that you're close relationship with, where this section is specifically talking about people that are outside your community yeah. because you're talking about a Jewish person engaging in a, a indebting situation with a Greek person and then they end up in Greek trouble greek, yeah greek problems that makes sense um they're uh the word for uh make friends with or make peace uh it could also be pay in full um we see that in probably sanhedrin 95a for anyone who needs to look that up um <laughs> and and you hear that's that. not in the yeah, bible yeah but it's <laughs> no it's not but it's still what we we, we use in modern hebrew right right, right. Uh, i just want somebody yeah. flipping through the bible and like sanhedrin, sanhedrin. oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sorry, it's sorry. not in the bible that's another right. But, uh, uh, yeah. So the, the word for, for peace, wholeness, the way things are intended to be in, in Hebrew is shalom. And, uh, and, but then if I want to say, I want to pay you, I need say le shalem, that shalem, le shalem, shalom, to make All peace. All I can think of is Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> Shabbat shalom. Or was he saying? Yeah. yeah. Sh- uh, I don't roll. Oh, no, no. He says Shomer Shabbos. Shomer Shabbos. <laughs> Um, anyways, but, but the, <laughs> so the, to make peace with or pay in full is, uh, is actually very much uh, there in the Hebrew language as well. Um, so now we're looking at at, uh, at this. Um, so technically, this is all earthly stuff, but Jesus is probably applying it to eternal judgment that our relationships with one another actually affect our relationship with God. Uh, and, and that I think that's very compounded or very uh, clear in this uh, we, we've kind of mentioned that multiple times throughout this this podcast specifically um here's another this is another uh quote from some hebrew resources here give it to us all right for transgressions done between man and the omnipresent that's god the god. day of atonement atones uh atonement uh the day of atonement it's basically it's called yom kippur it's the most celebrated jewish holiday today um, and it is a day of being of going to God and saying, I effed up real bad, and I'm so sorry for it. So between like, so if you do something against God, you go to God and you say, sorry, I messed up. But for transgressions done between man and man, the day of atonement atones only if the man will regain, regain goodwill of his friend first. And what that means is you have to go. So you can't even go talk to God before you get all the rest of your shit straight. Yeah. Yeah. With like, people with the people around you. Yeah. This is a this is a practice that I have personally 
Um, I try and, and keep up with it. And uh, if I haven't kept up with with, uh, with some people, hopefully they'll come up and let reach me know. out to you. Yeah. Um, so generally I go to some people, uh, people I'm in community with that I'm pretty close to. And I just come up and say, is there anything that I've done that has broken our relationship? And this is, uh, in a way, it kind of creates this really clear ground with you, with somebody that you're talking to because you're able to say, hey, look, this day is coming up. And everybody in the community knows. Like if you're in a Jewish community or something and you're in a community where everybody believes that there's a specific day and you're all going to one another and just going, is there anything I need to work out between the two of us? And that's the opportunity for them to say, actually – Way back in April, you said this thing, and it really made me mad. <laughs> it's a real dick move. And, and you can have that out. And then on the other hand, they can also say no. And if they say no, they can't bring that up. Just mark them off the list. Yeah, it's like, okay, that's it. Um, and- I always forget, and then I'll get this call from you. Hey, I just want to see if there's anything this past year that like, no, Neil, no, it's the same as last year. No, no. You, haven't <laughs> fucked, you haven't done anything weird. Or met, or made me pissed or anything. Yeah, move, scratch me off the list. So there, yeah, that, that does happen. <laughs> oh, it's free. I'm just like, what? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that. Yeah. It's that thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You're good, dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. Click. And, and you know, outside of the religious practice, um, it would actually be kind of. It's kind of a cool secular practice. Yeah, yeah. I could see that having real world like advantages of like fixing shit. You know. Yeah. I, wow, I, we haven't talked in a year because you didn't know this, but you really pissed me off, you know, last year or blah blah blah. Oh wow, I did. I had no clue. Like, yeah, it's the like rebuilding relationship. Yeah, I mean, you go through that hard stuff, and you talk it out, and you work it out, and you go like, um, I was talking to somebody, I don't remember who it was, about community, mm-hmm. and like the way you really build community is when you piss people off and you still hang out with each other. Yeah. If if you can have that out, you can usually maintain community. So if you get your, if you get like couple friends i don't know why i'm getting i don't know not to give you life advice but if uh <laughs> you listen to this podcast this is the one time we bring up life advice um i mean like you know if it's between like christmas and new year's and you just like call somebody up you know, and you say hey is there anything i did that pissed you off and somebody's like what this is weird well i'm just trying to start my new year right you know like yeah it'd be pretty pretty good what year um the way this falls in the in the hebrew calendar is it actually falls right after rosh hashanah which is the jewish new year but it happens before this celebration of Sukkot, where you're supposed to like hang out with your friends and chill and, and, and that, get drunk. And get drunk, and like it's supposed to be an awesome time. But um, how much better is it when you know that anybody that you're hanging out with and partying with, you've worked through any situation, like any problem that you've got. Yeah, you, it's clear. So um, yeah, that's that's kind of a, a thing that you work through and you figure it out. So I think what Jesus is doing is bringing up this practice, it's not unheard of, but he is trying to really bring it home for them. Um, and, and he's, he's starting to uh, put it with murder. And to be clear, um, what Jesus is not doing is he's not saying this equals that perfectly and clearly. Right. Because um, a lot of, like, I have not, I have not pulled over and shot anybody uh, because of road rage. I, I have done the whole, um, uh, what is it, uh, Dane Cook thing. Um, hello. <laughs> Uh, hello, like that, that thing, like, what, what are you doing? Uh, but I've not gone, you know, so these things are not equal to one another. Um, it'd be really weird if, if, you know, you, you go and you meet with somebody and it's like, Hey, is there anything I've done that made you mad? Uh, well, was the, there's the time that you killed somebody. Yeah. But I mean, like, oh, other than that, yeah, not, that not, we're not like, talking about yeah, that. I, I worked out it out with them. <laughs> like what? Huh? <laughs> I just, it, these, these things are not like, this does not equal that. 
Um, what this does go back to is earlier we said just in the, in the introduction last episode, we were talking about this idea of um, your righteousness must exceed the scribes and the Pharisees. And so the Matthew and Jesus is now explaining how you should do that. So the scribes and Pharisees would say, don't murder. And Jesus is saying your righteousness, your behavior is going to exceed them. And here's how it's going to do it. If you, if you call somebody a moron, you work that out. If there's a problem that you realize is between you and somebody else, before you go off and do this like religious ad, uh, aspect that the scribes and Pharisees are more likely to do, mm-hmm. stop and get your stuff right with your friend. Like work that stuff out and then move forward. And e- even outside of your community. So the scribes and Pharisees might be really good about doing that within their community because they're all Jewish people and like keep to them their own. But are they also going to extend that kind of behavior and living that um, – their philosophy and how they should live their lives within their community, are they willing to live that outside of their community as well towards the Greek people? And so I think that's kind of the, the, the way that Jesus is putting it gotcha. to the people. That makes sense. That makes more sense with the kind of the tenant at the end there. Yeah. Cool. So, all right. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Don't go killing anybody. Peace. <laughs>